Your telephone rings and you look at the number and you don't recognize it. It's not in your contact list and it's not a number with which you are familiar. Odds are that's either a telemarketer trying to sell you extended warranty car insurance or it's a scam. We'll talk about that when we come back. Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Practical Prepping Podcast. We're going to talk about scams, scammers. Oh, the scourge of the earth. They're out there. And as I have often said to Mark and other people when we talk about this subject, if scams were not successful, they'd quit doing them. That is absolutely true. I was in the dispatch center the other day and somebody asked me about the podcast and I said we were about to record an episode on scams. And a couple of the dispatchers just almost simultaneously said, great, good, that's what people need to hear. And one of the dispatchers said that she had taken five calls already that day on scams. Oh, no. I never thought about people calling 911 on a scammer. Yeah, they're they're reporting it, and there are better places to report it. I understand. And and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But we want to talk about primarily how to spot them and avoid them. Because nobody's safe. I mean, if you've got a telephone number, you're going to get a scam call. Yeah, and it's funny. My county telephone for work is not associated with my name. It's not associated with anybody's name. And I get texts on there all the time that my account with so-and-so, with which I don't have, has been locked because of suspicious activity, and I have to call this number in order to get it released. See, I think the problem, too, is that there are a lot of folks in this country who may be a little bit newer to smartphones, and they may come from a generation where you could just about trust anybody. And I'm sorry to say that we don't live in a world where you can just trust everybody. No, we don't. No, we don't. The other thing here is that cyber criminals are constantly changing their techniques and their topics to achieve their results. Okay, so let's talk about some of these scams and what we can do to guard against them. Well, my personal rules for phone calls, number one, I don't do business by telephone unless, one, I make the call, or number two, I know the caller personally and I initiated that process. That's good advice because when you're answering a call, these scammers are very clever. Some of them can even use names out of your own contact list if you're on social media. Your contact list is kind of public out there. Mm -hmm. And you may think that you're getting information from someone that you know when, in fact, this is not the person you know. And you've got to be so careful not to answer any questions, not to give your name, your location, or any information that you wouldn't give a stranger on the street. Yeah. Now, I generally don't answer the phone unless that caller is in my contacts And if they are, their name will come up. Their name will come up. But if it's just a phone number that comes up, 
I just generally do not answer it. And they can leave a voicemail, but around 95% of those calls don't leave a message or they're selling that extended car warranty policy. Or they want to help me with my student loan, which, by the way, I never had. And I never had, and I get those all the time Mm -hmm. as well. Let's talk about recognizing these scams. Now, one of the things that they'll do is whatever they are trying to sell or do must be done today. Yes, there's always a sense of urgency on their end, and they want you to act now and not think about it later. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you need to take action now on this issue. Here's a real tip off, and that is that they want payment in gift cards or money cards where you go to the big box store and you buy that gift card and you scratch off the number on the back and you give that number to them. Now, it's not traceable on their end. And so if someone is asking you to send money via a gift card, I will guarantee you that is a scam. Right. Or they're very clever at getting you to fill in blanks on personal information. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, they say, well, we're talking to Jane S. Doe. What was that S stand for? And you say, oh, my middle name is Susan. Well, you've just told them something they didn't know, Jane Doe. They want to verify your information. Right. And you may be, and they'll ask you questions that can trick you into giving information. So, well, how long have you lived in Mississippi? Well, I live in Alabama. Mm-hmm. We'll see. There you go. Right. Now, the no. <laughs> thing here is that if if they're wanting to verify that information, okay, tell me what you've got, and I'll tell you whether or not it's correct. Exactly. You know, and that's after you're engaging with these people. Mm-hmm. And some of us, me included, have had the uh, dubious honor to engage with a scammer, you know, even years ago before I realized that I don't have to do this at all. But yes, there's there's ways that you can protect yourself when you know you're dealing with a scammer, and hopefully it won't be for very long. And another tip off is that they want the payment by wire transfer. Yes, it's a very unorthodox way to, quote unquote, get money payment for something they say you owe. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll say things like you owe unpaid taxes or you owe the postal service for packages or Amazon or whatever that, you know, they're taking a gamble that you'll agree that you owe something. Oh, yeah. Now, there's a lot of common scams. Most of them are short term. Most of them, they'll deal with you over a course of one day, maybe two. But there is a scam going around out there, and a lot of folks get bit by this. And it's called a friendship and sweetheart swindle. You know, that's not a new con. No. It's just It's 21st century because it's online and on smartphones Mm -hmm. and it can be done quicker. But yeah, this is a very well established con game. Yeah. Way back in the last century where we were born, (laughs) they uh, had to use a photograph and it may or may not be them. And they had to write letters back and forth or talk on the telephone. And today it's done with the Internet and with telephones and they become your sweetheart. They prey upon the lonely, the widowed, the single, the brokenhearted. And what happens is that they build trust and then they convince that victim to send them money. Yeah, no, a lot of times they'll even promise them marriage Mm -hmm. or a life together traveling abroad. You know, just a a dreamlike fantasy life that's bigger than life and better than what they have on their own. But they, a lot of times, have already done a little homework 
on some of these victims. They're very clever. They'll often call upon the lonely and the brokenhearted that might actually have some prominence in the community and may have some money in the bank and are going to be preyed upon, you know, to release some of that money on the promise that this couple, this, this person you're being scammed by that you and he, or you and she are going to live this idyllic life together. Yeah, I've, I've got a lot of money, but it's all tied up right now. And I've got this tax issue that I have to pay before I can access mm-hmm. my money. And that's $7,000. And once we can take care of that, it's you and me, baby. And, and can you loan me that money? And it works. And just wave bye-bye when you send it. It works. It works. Every I time. had one one time that they were sending money for this guy to come and was going to marry that girl. And she actually went as far as met the bus and he didn't get off. Uh, it was that kind she of She really bought the whole game. She bought the whole game. You know, got to give a scammer credit. They know psychologically mm-hmm. how to draw a vulnerable and gullible person. And I'll tell you, being gullible and being vulnerable does not mean you're stupid. It does not mean you're ignorant. It just means that you may be naive and trusting. And those are good qualities. And somebody pulled the right string. They did. And and now the, for those of you out there that are in this long distance email and telephone relationship, I'm not saying that you're definitely dealing with a scammer. No, we are not saying that you may not have a I mean, legit we, relationship. We wish you the best. I mean, if you've never met that person, what I'm going to tell you is just keep one ear out for that wanting money. If they're wanting you to send them money, beware. They want you to make a financial step first and foremost. And once you do that to us with a scammer at the other end, it never stops. Mm -hmm. It'll be something else next week. And then Um, it'll be something else the week after that. Until you cut it off. So you want to cut it off before it happens. But I wanted to point out that most scams are relatively short term. But this one does run over a period of weeks, even months. I Mm -hmm. mean, this can go on and on. Now, a lot of our scams that we see today come in via email or text. That's true. Now, one of the popular ones today is that they want to help you get millions of dollars into the country. Now, this one's been going around for years and years and years, and I think it originated in Nigeria. Oh, yeah. And it was called the Nigerian scam at one point. And the writer is telling you that their father was a prominent government official. Possible nobility. and Right. Mm-hmm. And embezzled $10 million. And now they have that money, but they can't use it in that country. And they want you to help them get it into this country. And they'll pay you 10%. Hey, sounds like a pretty good deal, doesn't it? It's- It sounds too good to be true. Right. All they need is your banking info for a deposit. And then they guide you through how safe and wonderful that plan is. Like, if we have your banking information to deposit this money, then you'll be allotted, you know, a certain reward, a a lavishly large amount of money simply for helping them out. Yeah, so once you give them that banking info so they can make a deposit— what they'll do is make a large withdrawal instead. And honestly, when you've given permission for someone to have your bank account mm-hmm. information, the bank, frankly, firstly, the bank 
isn't responsible for that exactly. and they won't they won't hold your money back no no they won't because you've given permission now i will tell you that federal authorities and the banking authorities have great compassion for someone who is scammed and they'll do everything in their power to make sure that you're restored but please understand that this is where it's very important when you have agreed as a grown sane adult to allow someone into your private secure accounts that's on you it is. You will have to own up to that. That you will. Now, I got a text the other day, and I told Krista, I got a text that told me that my Capital One account had been suspended because of fraudulent use. And then I said, I didn't know you had a Capital One account. And then I said, I don't. And we but together we went, scam. scam. <laughs> so what they do is they send you that text message or an email and you have to click on this link and that link will take you to a nefarious website that will collect your information. Yeah. Before in this podcast, I wanted to kind of think about, you know, we were talking about how we have engaged with scammers. I want to kind of backpedal a little bit and say this very, very importantly. When you see a text when you see an email and it's asking you to click a link, don't click it. Here's why you should not do that. Number one, you're dealing with a scammer, but more importantly, number two, clicking the link is a virus transport. It allows the scammer access to the private files of your phone. That's why you should never even respond and we're going to deal with that in, in detail in just a few minutes. Oh, okay. But what I wanted to point out here is that you'll get that email that your bank account or your Amazon account has been locked. And usually they say it's because they've noticed suspect activity. And it's often on an account you don't have. Like I said, my Capital One account, which I don't have. <laughs> right. And it tells you to call this number or click this link. Just delete that email. Just delete. But on the off chance, they guess that you are, say, a Bank of America customer or, you know, a, a, your financial advisor, Charles Schwab or Edward Jones. Or, or even like Amazon. That. Yeah. Here's what you can do as a legitimate customer. You can call the actual company. Right. And, just and to- they actually want you to tell them that this has happened because they track fraudulent activity as well. I I had one one time years ago, and it said it had locked my account. So I actually had my bank's phone number in my phone. So I just called my bank, and I said, I got this message that you've locked my account. And she said, well, hang on. And she pulled my account up, and she said, no, sir, your account's not locked. And so I just deleted that email. Mm. And Thank you, ma'am. So, yes, again, yeah, and we'll touch on this too. But now, if you do click on that link, sometimes you get into what we call spoofing. Yes. You will go to a website that looks exactly like the legitimate company website. They're clever. And one thing that you can do, if you will hover your cursor over that link, you will see that oftentimes it's some jibbled up bunch of... It's a bunch of letters and numbers that don't make any sense. Right. And then it'll say .com or .uk or .au, and it will look just like your bank, but it is not. And what it is is that they are trying to get your information. Sometimes they'll add a letter or two to the like the word like Amazon.com is a legitimate site. Mm-hmm. But Amazon's 
with an S on the end, dot com. You might not see that. Right. Your eye might not pick that up, but it's there. And that's their way of being non-legit. Exactly. And part of that, you will get malware. Yeah, this what, is what yeah. you were talking about a while ago. Exactly. And what happens is you click on a link, and it may be days before it happens, but it sits there, and it puts some kind of malware on it. And Krista was working away on her computer, and I came home from work, and I hear her say, but I can't afford that to fix my computer. And what had happened, it came up, your computer's been locked, a virus has been detected, yada, yeah. yada and call this number. And it looked like a notification from Microsoft. It did. And, and I didn't realize that even I, at that moment, I was being scammed. My computer became a screen of snow, like the old mm-hmm. 1950s snow. So I was stuck. I was dead in the water. And he demanded $250 right now. And I'm like, that. I began to feel like something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And Mark had come home and he looked at me and he, he kind of mouthed the words, this is a scam. And so this, I had not sent any money or any account information. So I just, I said to the guy on the phone, I said, I'm hanging up now and I'm taking my computer to the store. And I, no, 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 don't hang up. Don't hang up. I hung up. Mark had already put viral software protection on my computer. And with a couple of knowledgeable clicks, he was able to completely fix my computer and wipe out that virus and that malware. Thank the good Lord. We use a virus software, an antivirus software called WebRoot, and it has just done wonders for us. And you can go through and you can find those suspect files and anything coming in gets scanned. And if it's suspect, it will quarantine that file. Mm -hmm. And if it is a known virus, it will delete that file. Yes, it does the work for us. And in the, what, six, seven years we've been using it, we have never had an actual virus right. hit our computer. We've been other very than that fortunate. One, other than that one malware, yeah. and it's really easy to fix with that um, web route. Mm-hmm. So that is one that we suggest. We don't have anything to do with the company. We're their customer. We pay full price. We really love it. We would not have computers without it. Now, also, and this one happened to your dad. There is computer equipment and software scams. Yeah. And the scam, the, the scammer calls and he offers to fix a computer problem because he has noticed technical issues with it. And he is tech support. And tell the story of your dad getting that phone call. Well, my sweet, precious father. My father was a rocket scientist, but the only computers he ever Literally used. Literally a rocket scientist. He worked, he worked for NASA. He only had computers at his job. See, my dad worked in the space program from the 1950s to the 1970s, you know, in the early days. And computers were not in your house. Computers were not handheld. Computers were great big rooms in great big buildings, and they were at work. So my father never owned a personal computer, even up until his age of 97, when he passed away in 2017. He never ever, ever owned a personal computer. He gets a phone call on his landline. Why? Because my dad never had a cell phone. Okay? You get the picture? My sweet, precious father answers the phone, and a, quote, technician says that he's been monitoring my father's computer activity and sees there's some sort of a problem 
You know, they don't tell you there's a problem on your computer. And my father was very nice and very courteous. And he said, uh, I'm sorry, sir, I believe you must be mistaken because I do not have a computer. And the scammer began to argue with my father. Now, see, that's a mistake. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a mistake right there. He said, no, no, sir, I see your computer. I'm seeing it right now. And my father was like, I'm going to tell you this one more time, and then I'm hanging up. I don't have a computer. You've made a mistake. I'm hanging up. And he hung up. And then when he told the family the story, he honestly thought the guy had made a mistake. We were all listening to his story, the younger, more hip, more savvy crowd with the technology. The ones that owned the computers. And I, and I told him, I said, Daddy, that was a scammer. And he was like, what do you mean? And I said, Daddy, that guy was not for real. He, he was just taking a chance that you might be somebody with a computer. And had you followed his instructions... He would have eventually gotten into your bank account. Well, my dad was horrified by that. He said, I can't believe. I said, Daddy, this is a modern-day con game. You say con game to my dad. He knows what you mean. Scammer mm-hmm. didn't mean anything. I said, Dad, this was an old con game. This was a this was a con game. And you just happened to be the lucky recipient of that phone call. And so my dad was quite relieved that it turned out the way it did. You legally carry a handgun. You've practiced, and you've become pretty good. Do you know when and how you can use a firearm? Can you make that decision in a split second? The base handgun training system will take you through shoot-don't-shoot scenarios and teach you the critical things to do and not to do when the police arrive. Remember, there's a huge difference between practice and training. Get the training. Check it out. Base handgun training system. The link is on our website at www.practicalprepping.info. Use the code PRACTICALPREPPING, all one word, for a $50 discount. When Mark and I published our book, Practical Prepping for Everyday People, we knew we needed a top-notch website for this book, so we turned to ProLine Designs, a part of the ProLine digital family. They took us all the way through the process, from original concept, through the final product. They made it so easy, they responded to our questions, and they even offered helpful suggestions. Check out our website and see if you agree. It's www.practicalprepping.info. And then either click on the link or type in ProLineDigitalGroup.com and see what they can do for you. The next thing is fake offers you'll get an email or something with a tremendously good buy on a particular product. Oh, a computer, a cell phone, earbuds, you earbuds, know, the hot stuff. Earbuds is a very That's popular a one, and one. I've seen some of those come in at, you know, 25% of the retail price. Mm-hmm. And part of the problem is that they never send the merchandise. Yeah, you, you have to pay first to a company you've never heard of, buy a guy you don't know, and... You, they, you never pay, they never deliver. Well, guess what? You've been scammed. Now, here is a phone call. So you can get them by email. You can get them by text. You can get them by telephone. And one of the popular ones is that you've won a lottery that you didn't enter. And you know what? People fall for that hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, but you need to send some money for processing in order to be able to collect yeah. that. You've won $50,000, but we need $250 right now to get it to you. Yeah, I worked one one day that the woman had won a million dollars. She had to send <laughs> she had to send $1,000. Yeah. 
And they wanted her to send cash. Now get this, put it in an envelope, put it in a magazine and put that magazine in an envelope and mail it to this address. Did she do that? She did that. Oh, God. And then they called back and they needed an additional $2,000 for processing. And they had some way they got that. And then another 2000 So she actually wound up sending them $5,000 in cash. Holy moly. Thankfully, her banker realized or, or the teller at her bank realized that she's taken out 1000 2000 and 2000 in the last three days. Mm-hmm. And they pulled her aside and they began to get into that and she was quite embarrassed by it but that money was gone because when you send cash it's gone you might as well throw it in the lake exactly it's gone and another one along the same lines is you're getting a refund oh yes the irs made a mistake you're getting a refund well but you have to send processing fees it's gonna cost 250 dollars for you to scam here's the key to that one the irs does not contact you by email text or telephone Period. 100%. Never going to happen. The IRS in the United States of America will only generate contact with you by snail mail. Yes. And if it's certified mail, you may have a little problem there. Well, yeah, that's a different podcast. (laughs) But if you get a letter from the IRS... Inside the context of that letter, you will find an agent number, you will find a case number, you will find a file number, you will find a contact number, you'll have a street address. It's completely legitimate when they send you by mail, but the IRS will not pick up a phone and call you and they won't text you and they won't email you without you you know, generate, you can set up an account with IRS. I have emailed between me and the IRS. Yes, but you initiated I set up the account. There's a legitimate way to do that. But they're not going to contact you Mm -hmm. by email. All right. Now, one that is going around, and we've seen uh, quite a bit of this this year, Uh there is going to be a warrant issued for you for one of these things, missing jury duty. That's a big one. There is a warrant coming out on you for missing jury duty, but you can pay them the fine or the sheriff's department will pick you up. And this is where they sound kind of mean and ugly on the phone Mm -hmm. as if to say they're like threatening you. There's a threatening tone in their voice. And that's that's one of the keys. But let me tell you, on this warrant thing, it doesn't work that way. No. If we have a warrant on you, we will come and pick you up and give you a ride to the jail. It's not a problem. We're not going to call you on the telephone and say, you can either pay this fine or we are picking you up. What's even funnier is when they actually call a sheriff's deputy. Uh, that that has happened several times with us, and that's quite funny. Uh, they call one of our lieutenants one day, and he strung them along pretty good. <laughs> And then it could be for missing jury duty. It could be an unpaid traffic or parking ticket. You know, a lot of times parking tickets, we don't know if we got one or not. It might have gotten on the car and gotten blown off or something. And Mm -hmm. so we really don't know if there was a parking ticket put on there. If you actually have a missed parking ticket, you'll get a letter from the city. You won't get an email or a call requesting payment. With specific information. Right. Now, it also might be for a debt that you don't usually owe. Yeah, they'll even say something to the effect of you may owe an unpaid $1,000 on your property tax. Did you not know that the taxes went up last year? Mm -hmm. And and some people, well, I I 
people don't know the tax codes. They're not doing any information on that. Well, here, here's yeah. the thing. They will pressure you to pay it or they'll send the police. Yeah, they said, we'll dispatch the officers right now. And I was working one of those <laughs> one day and she called and she had gotten a couple of calls from this guy. And he called back and asked if she had done that. And she said, no, I haven't done it and I'm not going to do it. And he said, well, I am sending the police now. She said, I'll save you the trouble. He's standing here. And this guy <laughs> did not believe I was actually the police. And we kind of yayed back and forth about whether or not I was a police officer. <laughs> and thankfully, my radio went off at just the right time. And he heard a call being dispatched and he hung up. Mm-hmm. He knew that I was actually there taking it. I'll tell you, they're clever. They are clever. Now, I've seen this one before. And that's someone calls and wants you to pay off someone else's legitimate debt. Now, that's a little bit new to me. I'm not as familiar mm-hmm. with that particular one. I've been familiar with that. And it's like your granddaughter, your grandson has this debt or and it's a legitimate debt, and maybe it's behind, and the debt collector is just applying whatever pressure or whatever he can do, even if he lies to you, to get you to pay that debt. And there'll be urgency there, there'll be threats there, and what you were mentioning a while ago, there'll be anger and even insults. They know that they can intimidate people. Trusting naive people, sometimes out of fear, want to go along with and make peace and and least line of resistance kind of thing or and even they, a love mm-hmm. for that grandchild or yeah. that child well i'm that, saying I'm, I'm talking about toward the scammer okay you know they're trying to like i, I just I, I don't want any trouble you know kind of thing mm-hmm. and they're like well if you don't want any trouble then you're going to have to do this and you're going to have to do this now yeah mm-hmm. or they may be you know doing it because they love that child mm-hmm. or grandchild or whoever And it may be a legitimate debt, but it's not your debt. Yeah, it's not a legitimate request. And you're not uh, required to do that. Now, one that we have seen a few times recently is that a family member or a good friend is in need of funds. And what's funny is you may not even recognize the family member's name, but they're in jail or they're in the hospital. This is the story, by the way. Right. They're in jail or they're in the hospital and they need money to be able to get out or to get certain treatment or whatever. And we wind up with a situation where they're getting scammed out of the goodness of their heart to help the grandchild they didn't know they had uh-huh. and sending money. Yeah, so it has worked. Be careful. That is one of the scams that is going around. Now, here's some of the things that... Cybersecurity experts say some things that you can do to spot text, phone, or online scams and what you can do to avoid them. First and foremost, and that's to be very cautious about unsolicited emails. And that's because when you're online and you're using the Internet, access through the Internet is so much easier. So you do not want to send any replies. You don't even really want to open an email unless you're completely certain about who it is from. Yeah, because any response lets them know that they've reached a live person because some of these times they're just generating random email addresses. Well, I can tell you also what you can do. If you've accidentally opened the email and in the body of the email it says click this link, now you can back out of it. Don't click the link. Back out of the email and just delete the email. Right. 
That way you have not compromised your information. Exactly. And if you do have someone on the telephone or email or whatever, resist the pressure that they may be trying to exert. Now, legitimate companies and charities, they're happy to give you the time to make a decision. Of course, nobody... Legit people are not going to threaten and pressure you Mm -hmm. for weird ways to pay them with strange iTunes gift cards. And if they're pressing you for immediate action or they won't take no for an answer, it's probably a scam. I bet on that. You know, some scammers may also demand that you pay off a loan immediately or you could suffer damaging consequences or legal action will be commenced against you. You know, they're going to use words and phrases that can create fear and, well, what do I need to do to get out of this trouble kind of an attitude? Mm -hmm. That's exactly what they're counting on. Exactly. But always take the time to look at who is requesting the money before you pay it and verify it. There are ways to verify it, and we'll talk about that in a second. But here's a good one. Don't believe promises of easy money. Yeah, that's very, very difficult nowadays when inflation is so bad and money is tight and it's harder to, you know, stick with a a good paying job or to get benefits. So if someone claims that you can earn money with little to almost no work, that you can get a loan or a credit card, even if you've got rotten, stinking credit, or if you can make money on an investment with little to no risk, I'm going to tell you, that's a scam. And oftentimes these offers seem to be too good to be true because they actually are too good to be true. So we want to reiterate, verify everything before you do anything. Yeah, assume that the people or the companies that contacting you are not who they claim to be. And pay very close attention if something just doesn't feel right. Yeah, if it doesn't feel right, hang up. And I've had that feeling that that Mm -hmm. time that guy was giving me, I began to sense something's disturbing here. Yeah, and if they claim to be from your bank, say, okay, I'm right down the street. I'll be there in a minute. Here's a good one about claiming to be from the bank. Like a text message comes in and says, this is, you know, such and such bank. And it happens to be your bank. Maybe Mm -hmm. they're just, they rolled the dice and got lucky. And so they're like, we we have a problem with this or whatever. We need to verify your account number because of suspicious activity. Well, stop right there. My bank already has my account number. I don't have to give it to them. Right. Your bank bank has not only your account number, they have your name, they have your address, they have your date of birth, they have your social security number. They've copied your driver's license. Your driver's license number. So, So when they tell you they need you to verify your information, they're not your bank. Read it to me and I'll tell you if you're wrong. <laughs> See, don't even engage. Yeah. Just just hang up. Don't even say goodbye or thank you or kiss my butt. Now, just hang here, up. <laughs> here is a good clue. And that is that there has to be payment made by a very fast payment. Now, this could be Venmo or Cash App or Zelle or wire transfers, or we mentioned the prepaid gift cards. Or those what they call Apple iTunes cards. Yeah, they, they want something that's quick, and they will usually pick something that you don't have a recourse to be able to trace it. Yeah, these are very quick, fasting cash sources that are almost impossible to trace. Yeah. And that's the whole idea. Now, some of the things that we can do, is we can change the security settings in our social media to the most secure settings there are. 
and don't post personal information on there. Certainly not. When you are buying online or you are buying on the telephone, and I'm not talking about they called you, I'm talking about you decided to buy it and you did it, use the safest way you can to pay for it, and that is usually a credit card. See, if you pay with a credit card, and there's a problem, like it doesn't show up or there's some issue with it, you can dispute the charges and your bank will work with you. And if they, if you get scammed on your card with charges you did not make, federal law, I believe, limits your liability to $50. And the bank will often just totally reimburse you for what you are Taken. Yeah, credit card companies have put in legitimate protections. And even if you have a legitimate product that mm-hmm. you've purchased that maybe isn't working or it doesn't own up to what the manufacturer has claimed, if it's an actual product, you've got recourse through credit card. Exactly. Uh, Debit card's a little bit of a different story, and that varies from bank to bank. That varies bank to bank. I have worked cases where they have actually reimbursed the debit card. But some don't. But they're not. They're not federally required required to. Yeah. Now, back to this, guard your personal information. How many times do we need to say that? Crooks pretending to be from some companies uh, that you actually do business with may call or send an email. And just what you're talking about, claiming they need to verify that information. Don't provide it. Don't provide your credit card or your bank account unless you're actually paying for something and you know who you're sending the payment to. I did that today, yeah. but I'm the one that initiated it. I received an invoice and it was actually fraternal order of police for my dues. And so I know it's legit. Mm-hmm. I know the email address it came from. You've, you've done business before. I, I've been a member for several years. And so I just went online and I paid my dues, but it's not something that came in that looked in any way, shape, form, or fashion fraudulent. Mm-hmm. It was legit. And any time someone over the phone that you don't know, and for that matter, someone that you do know, any time someone's asking for your social security number, they're looking to identity thief right there. They're looking to steal your identity. And if you offer it, You've just let your identity go out to some scammer. Yeah, about the only time that you should need to put your Social Security number in online on something is if you are applying for a loan. If you're, Or if it has anything to do with the IRS in a legitimate way. Like right. I had a, an account and a payment management system with the IRS, and they had me, they had most of my social security and they had me verify it because right. I already knew that's who they were. Right. But, um, guard that personal information and check your credit reports regularly. Do you know that that's the number one way that most people find out that they've been scammed? And here's mm-hmm. why there are folks out there who have credit cards in their wallets and their pockets right now, but they may not have even used them for six or eight or nine months. You know, there are actually people out there that don't know how to buy things. And <laughs> that's a joke. I mean, my credit card gets used so much, it's got, a, it, it's hot. It stays It's hot warm. to the touch. Yeah, it anyway. stays warm. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, every once in a while, somebody might think, you know, I need to check my credit report, you know, just on a whim. Mm-hmm. And they'll open up a credit report, and lo and behold, 
I don't know how they got by with this, but they find all these accounts in their name have been opened where maybe not purchases may not have been made, but somebody was trying to either buy a car, purchase expensive sound equipment, things like that. And they're like, I didn't even know this. This is not me doing this. This is not my activity. Or they applying do some, you know, for these pre-approved credit cards. Pre-approved credit cards. And they mm-hmm. got these 10 credit cards. Pre- and they're like, this is not me. And that's right. how they find out. So check that credit report regularly. Yes. And I think you're allowed to get three per year, absolutely free. And one suggestion I read was do a different one every four months. Yes, because they actually evaluate credit slightly differently one Mm -hmm. from the other, and they have their own standards. They do, but you can't get all three three times a year. Right, But you can get one, and then four months later get another, and then four months later get the third one. Mm -hmm. And so you're getting a look at those throughout the year. Another thing that we want you to do is keep up with the latest scams and report any suspicious activity. And here's where you can do that. And it's really simple. Fraud.org. F-R-A-U-D dot O-R-G. And they will give you a list of scams. There's a, a thing there with what's going on. There's all kinds of breakdowns of what percentage of what scam is being done. And there's also a side of the website that you can click on to report that fraud. Remember, too, that if you're getting a restricted or unknown comes up on your cell phone and not a phone number, obviously that's a number you don't know because they're not in your contact list. And no legitimate business is going to have restricted or unknown as their phone. However, there is a situation and it happens daily and it's totally legit. When you call the police department or the sheriff's department and you ask them to have an officer call you. Oh, I forgot about that. Oftentimes that will come in as a restricted or a uh, blocked or whatever. Number. I can see because that could be a security concern. That, that, well, yeah. we don't want you calling us back at three o'clock in the morning. Okay. <laughs> Call the dispatcher. Yeah. So that can be done. I got you. But that is if you have called the police and asked them to call you. Yes. And I have called people in that situation and mine would come up that way. And I would eventually get the dispatcher to call them back and patch them through to me. And they'd say, oh, it came up blocked or it came up restricted. And I didn't know who it was. Well, you just asked to have the police call you. Okay. (laughs) So if you didn't do that, if you didn't ask for a law enforcement or governmental agency, well, governmental agencies, most of them would, would call you on a landline. But if you're calling the police and asking them to call you, often that number will come in blocked. If I have to use my personal cell phone, and I did when I was on patrol, I would block that phone number when I call them back. Because seriously, I did not want them calling me at 3 o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning. That's true. That's true. I so, had forgot about that. So that, I will amend what I said there. Now, here's one that we can both agree to, and that... We can often avoid these by remembering this old rule of thumb, and that is... If it seems too good to be true, it probably is a scam. Yeah, we (laughs) hope this has helped a little bit. 
coming into this uh, holiday season, we really want you aware of these. We want you on guard. We want you prepared. And we want you to talk to your family about these issues as well. There's no shame in admitting Well, I know it's shameful, I guess, to admit that you've been scammed, but it does happen. And I actually uh, commend the people that have the courage to step up and say, you know what, that happened to me. And I'm embarrassed, but I've learned my lesson and I want others to know. You've got to share that story and you need to talk to your children, too, because I'll tell you something. Teenagers will give out information like water coming out of Mm -hmm. a pitcher. You've got to make sure that they understand they can't just give out family information to any old stranger that wants it. And it happens with the very elderly as well. And sometimes sometimes some of our older, sweet loved ones don't understand what you're exactly. asking for, and, and they'll and tell so you everything. We were with my mother last night, and we had this discussion again. It's not the first time we've had it. It won't be the last time that she has it, that we have it with her. If the Lord tarries and leaves her here long enough, and we just hammered on that, don't do business on the telephone unless you initiate the call. Mm-hmm. And we, she now has a smartphone, and that in itself scares me. But, <laughs> you know, we yeah. explained, we, we took about 10 minutes to explain how some of these scammers work, and that she'll get text on her telephone that says she has to do this. Just delete it, mother. Just delete it. If there's a problem, call me. And so have that conversation. We don't want our folks being ripped off. Anything else you got? Well, you know, scams are happening. And I wish that they would come to an end because there's been a lot of brokenhearted people that have been laid low by these scammers. And and I'll tell you something. These scammers don't care about you. They don't feel bad. They don't feel they sleep like a baby at night. And that really makes me very, very angry that they hurt people this way because scams happen. So you have really got to keep yourself prepared. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Practical Prepping Podcast. If you would like to support us, you can buy us a cup of coffee or you can start your Amazon shopping from our links. Both are on the front of the website.